Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are two wild and crazy guys. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday to you. Thursday, September 7th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call. Tuesday, sorry. Sorry, misread the... uh, I wish it was Thursday. Wouldn't that be nice? Would make a shorter week even shorter. It's a Tuesday here on KRC, a big Tuesday. Uh, This is going to be a big day for, for Kentucky basketball, although... I would imagine the majority of this show is going to be football-driven. Our first full weekend of college football, and it was phenomenal. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here to start your Tuesday morning. How's everybody doing? Wow, just so much to talk about. So little time. I'm excited. Happy to be here. Just Wow, what a weekend. What a big, long weekend. Like you said, it, it's probably only going to get crazier tonight when uh, the number one player in America, Shaden Sharp, announces where he'll be attending college. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, got a little cough. My bad. Sounds My like it's going to be Kentucky. Uh, that, that, that was just a cough I'm trying to shake off. I, I I hope so. It, at this point, I guess it'd be a major disappointment with how how much everybody's told us it's a, a UK lock. So no reason really to think otherwise, and would be would be just huge. We we could talk more about that a little bit later on the show if we uh, if we get. I'm sure we'll we'll get around to it near the the back end. But I think football is is rightfully so where we start. Oh yeah, it was an up and. Up and down weekend for the local area teams. Well, there was up, there was down, down. and then yeah, it just. <laughs> I mean, a lot of yeah. Woo, woo, huh, huh. Fun weekend of football, though. <laughs> yeah, a really fun weekend. That Sunday yeah. night game, Notre Dame, Florida State. I was up dancing in my living room doing the tomahawk chalk trying to will the Knowles to a win. That was a lot of fun. Um, that game, just absolute bananas. There was a couple games like that. We had a lot of FCS teams upsetting uh, Power 5 teams uh, between you know Washington losing to Montana. Uh, I, I, there was so many that I keep kind of like getting the wires crossed, like Eastern Washington. They, they, I mean, UNLV is at Power 5, but they won in overtime. Uh, Louisiana Tech had Mississippi State beat, and they blew that game. Um, but uh, we had Duke lose to Charlotte, so just still a lot going on, a, a lot going on in a in a crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, and of course, the only big time upset that affected us was when all of us picked North Carolina to beat Virginia Tech at PT's picks of the week, and they lost outright. So th- that that was one you can strike from the record. We we should probably not all feel that good about one game. That that's when you know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Has there ever been a time in PT's picks where you all have missed four of the locks? Man, uh, I mean that's bad because mine didn't hit either. So <laughs> probably probably more recent than you would think, Justin. 
man. Yeah, just we we should know better. Next time we all feel really good about a game, it's it's not going to go our way. But uh, still, a great great weekend, Terry. We should start with the the greatness that was Kentucky's win before we make fun of uh, Indonesia and uh, and the the Cardinals down in Atlanta because whoo, those were a couple of stinkers. And Indiana, Indiana. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you you better get it. You better get it right. No, Saturday was awesome. It like at for for a season that we have been building up as one that should be as as exciting with the the bar set as high and expectations as high as I can ever remember. It you you, you checked a lot of boxes. You it's like mission mission complete. If this was a video game, yes, it was one of the easier bosses, but with how how quickly we picked up the game, we're pretty excited about the the future of this video game. I every every everything you saw, I was I was pretty much mm-hmm. on board with. Even the areas, the the few that if you really kind of want to be nitpicky on, you you can still find reasons for optimism and just the shock and awe, Nick Roush of the fans at Kroger Field just seeing the football so high in the air and it wasn't even a punt or a field goal kick and to see it just going and going and then actually to be caught by a player wearing the same jersey. It like I, I can understand the excitement around football fans when they first saw the forward pass mm. because people at Kroger Field I think went back in time and it was a absolute thing of beauty. You didn't like each play was a total each one like an M Night Shyamalan movie. You didn't know what to expect. It was yes, we know we could run the ball, and Kentucky did a lot of it and did it really well. Uh, they did a lot of passing, and they did that really well. The play action was exciting. Was it? Yeah. Were you seeing actually even what you thought you were seeing? A lot of times, Louisiana Monroe defenders and UK fans in the crowd alike had no idea where the ball was. The next thing you know, Will Levis was just chucking that bad boy. It was it was a blast. And that's to not ignore UK's defense that also did a lot of really nice things. Oh, it, it really – you had your two bad dri- – like I, I think each unit had a bad drive or two, you know, sprinkled in there, especially on offense, uh, you know, even throughout the pick. They did get a little stale – there or in the third quarter until they, you know, all right, let's just take care of business, get out of the game and move on. But man, I, I think the most fun part about those deep balls too, from my perspective in the press box, it's a, it's a bird's eye view. Now it's not your old Commonwealth stadium where you're at the top of the lower ball. It, you see the field and you see the guys sprinting. It's much easier to see that open guy and say, Oh, get it to him, get it to him. And, they're actually getting it to him. <laughs> and and the the Wandale play, that was one, as soon as he made that cut, you could see that he was going to be wide open. And, you know, he gets about a third of the way over, and it's just like, all right, just, just put the ball on him. And he put it right there. Uh, his most impressive throw of the day, Will Levis had three balls over 50-plus yards. Uh, that was exactly how many Kentucky completed in 2018. They've only had one since then, and Kentucky did that in three quarters. So that's something to think about. Uh, the The throw he had to Isaiah Epps in catch, where it's third and long, and 
there were there was guys open underneath and it was actually a few different plays where he, i'm telling like oh get it to smoke or check down or he's right there he's wide open and levis just has his eyes downfield locked and loaded ready to go that ball to isaiah epps it was across the field he was on the hash he was thrown to the field side on a third and long and he had the arm strength to get it to him where epps caught it in stride I mean that the the that that was the biggest question in the year. Is there another guy that can do this? And Isaiah Epps went and did it on third down. Kentucky goes and scores and really just opens up the game for a cover. I it was that play right there is the what we needed to see to give us a taste of what the future can be like in this offense. Yeah, I, I commented on it on Twitter. I I don't I don't know if it was Justin Rowland had the initial tweet or whoever it was, but there, there, I think it was the first Wandell pass touchdown pass where there's, I don't think anybody within 20 feet of Will Levis. <laughs> yeah. And when you have Crazy. a quarterback that can throw a football as far as he can throw it, and you're going to give him 20 feet of room to be able to accomplish that. And also a quarterback that can run if, if need be, that's pretty tough to defend against because if you're in man coverage, if a dude has 20 feet of space to be able to wait, stop, pivot, run, go to one side of the field, then you better be dragging with that guy for who do you buckle up, man. You're, you're following, you're shadowing that guy for several seconds and you better not miss a step or else you could get you. you you're, it could be thrown your way and, and you'd be the one making a mistake here. Uh, or if it's zone, boy, they can really stretch out that zone if he's going to have 20 feet of space to be able to take time uh, to, to throw the football. That makes it really tough because the safeties, all right, how far back? I can't lay anybody behind me, but now the people in front of me are getting really far far away. This is a big hole right here in that zone. It it Again, it's Louisiana Monroe. Right. And you, you, it, Kentucky. I guess if you really want to be picky, gave up probably a, a couple sacks that they shouldn't have. But all in all, everything you saw, you liked. And this, I, I do think part of it was let's make sure we're giving Missouri plenty to chew on here. Mission accomplished, job well done. You did because I don't. If you're Missouri, all right. Well, we gotta. We know that they're going to try to run it. We know that they can run it. They've got one of the biggest and nastiest offensive lines with one of the toughest running running backs in the league. But goodness gracious, maybe we we don't focus too much on the run because they really can go over the top now, and and that's how a game gets out of control pretty quickly if you if you're not ready for that. So they they gave Missouri a lot to think about, and and that makes me happy. Yeah, and to that point, TJ. I think the first eight plays were all different formations. They, they they did not, Liam Cohen did not hold back as far as how he was presenting things, but yet they, all, they, they didn't do, I think you're going to see more motion whenever that game comes to town. And I, like it, it was just enough without being like, all right, here's the goods. I, I really do feel like there was a lot of, this is just going to be a setup for this week. We saw different combinations. Mike Drennan was in there some early on doing, uh, you know, a little running back receiver kind of work. We didn't get a ton of passes to the tight ends because uh, I think in a lot of cases they were used in max protection, but also because like one of the, the plays they had drawn up, it was like a design blitz and, 
it went right to Levis, and he was able to get it to Rodriguez uh, underneath, who still got a first down. Um, and I, I did think it was funny too, Terry, that like uh, when we talked after the game, you, it's like, yeah, this is it's kind of nice that our quarterback's biggest problem is he just throws it too hard. <laughs> yeah, and that is like in all seriousness, as it as it happened there on that first possession could be an issue in, in certain times. He's got to know when to rip it in there and when you got to make sure your receivers, it, it, it's catchable for him. But, yeah, it's uh, not a bad problem to have whatsoever. And then I, I I know I hear what you're saying with the the tight ends, but it, it just seems like having a tight end catch even just one pass, Roush, and there's been U.K. football seasons in between – the Jacob Tammy and CJ Conrad eras where that would have just been accomplishment in its own right. So mm-hmm. it, I do feel like we're at least moving in the right direction at that position. And I, it just kind of goes to show that we can have an entire summer talk about whatever sound like total airheads. And then the season starts and you, I, I again, I, I'm not so sure that like this is, yeah, it's going to look different. They're going to do some different things. You're going to get more play action. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be a run-first team. No, I mean, there's going to be games where Kentucky's going to be throwing significantly more probably than they run it. Mark Stoops had that comment yesterday that didn't make fans all that happy where he said, well, yeah, when I was told it was basically 50-50, I could have sworn it was 90, 90% pass. Well, don't get, <laughs> don't go getting any crazy ideas, Mark. Let's Let's not go get conservative. <laughs> up in here but i but it, i think that that was the wrong take roush i mean he's right though in that it felt like it was a, a lot more passes than runs i don't know i i don't i like the the big pass plays were the ones that we'll remember further on into our lives but i i i remember a healthy dose of running like it we kentucky did run the ball a lot now 50 50 which it basically was but uh yeah maybe i don't know I, I thought it felt like 50 50 to me i just feel like the the take that i had all all summer that hey you know we we can talk quarterbacks all we want it's going to be really important obviously i feel better about it because we have better receivers or you have more reliable receivers but it's still going to be run at its core I don't think that's necessarily true. There's probably going to be games where the run is working better, maybe against Missouri, where you're that's what you're going to go to each and – well, not each and every play, but more reliably. Or mm-hmm. there's going to be games where you're going to be able to throw it around. And it, it just feels good to have the option. And I, I needed to see it before I could believe it, but I think I'm, I'm a believer now, baby. So now fun stat for you guys. 33 runs, 33 passes in that game Saturday. Uh, 34 runs, technically. I, I know they don't count it because it was a snap over his head and they recovered it, but that that like counts as a team run. So either, actually, yeah. But, either way, though, I mean, 50-50. Yeah, exactly. Right About there. as balanced as you can get. And I yeah. thought the running game actually didn't have its best day. And, you know, Liam Cohen told me after the game, like, you know, some of this is we had no idea what they were doing, so we couldn't scheme anything against it. And then Chris Rodriguez admitted too, like some of this was on me. Like I've got to be better at making one guy miss. He he had, I mean, how many runs, Terry, that you thought he was going to bust for like a 60-yard touchdown and then just one guy would trip him up? I mean, it, it was close. Like that, that's the fun part is this running game is going to get better as well as they get more used to things. So off to a great start 
And I just you you mentioned the defense off the top, and we didn't get to get into it enough. But like, I mean, they gave up what eighty seven yards on sixty plays or something like that. I think it was one point eight yards per play, fourteen tackles for loss, tied for the most in the SEC, and six sacks. So uh, I, I, it is UL Monroe, and it was just the first game. But hell, JJ Weaver only played uh, you know a dozen snaps or so and got two sacks. Like th- this team is is ready to to take it to the next level. Uh, they answered some questions early about the pass rush that we needed answered, and that that's just the beginning. There, there's plenty of room still to grow. Yeah, and it, it's a little nitpicky if we're gonna get on the running backs for rushing for a combined, you know, 160 yards or 70 yards or whatever it was. When Rodriguez alone ran for 6.6 yards per carry. If he gets much better than that, yeesh. Well, that's what he did last year throughout the entire season. His goal was 10 yards per carry. Yeah, yeah. So he's but a, I mean, a little behind on that. Yeah, I, I. but they didn't run as freely as you thought. And I think, to your point, TJ, uh, to kind of, I don't want to say put a bow on it, but how this team, like, they should be good enough to where uh, you could scratch where it itches. And if the passing game's working well, you can throw it a little more. If the running game is doing whatever it wants, then you can run it a little more. It Not every game is going to be perfectly 50-50 run pass, uh, but but you have the capability to adjust to what's who's playing well that day. And uh, on Saturday, it was Will Levis letting it rip deep downfield. It was. It was fun to watch. It uh, felt good. Felt good, and the receiver stepped up. And that, you know, that's another thing that we did. At least we touched on this, and maybe another wrong take because I didn't think it was going to be important, but maybe it is. Is we? I, I said I wasn't as concerned about wide receiver depth because you didn't think it was going to be an offense that was going to have to rotate them in super frequently, and uh, you, you're going to be somewhat fast tempo at times, and uh, not super fast, but not not like Ole Miss last night. Goodness gracious, <laughs> they, the the crew was being a, a little obnoxious about it. But it was true. Like, they probably did not – when they were talking about, we can't even do replays because they're moving too fast. Okay, you'll do a split box on a coach for two hours as they're picking their <laughs> nose and picking their butt. But you can't do a split box on the replay and then have the actual game in the big box. But I, I neither here nor there. I guess that's above the, the technology of ABC and, and ESPN. But it's uh, you, you are going to need some depth at the wide receiver position because – Wandell, uh, he got uh, slightly banged up. I don't know if that was addressed after the game or not, but he he came back, and so I'm assuming he was he was fine. But he he got up and was limping uh, very slightly at one point. You you are going to need some wide receiver depth, but I liked what I saw. Uh, didn't seem like there was a great deal, uh, a, a a ton of drops. We obviously did leave early and had to listen to uh, a little bit at the end there on the radio, so could have missed some there at, towards the end of the game, but. I yeah. liked, really liked what I saw from the wide receiver position and obviously the the, the quarterback position and Levis uh, off to a hot start as well. Yeah, you had the early Alvi drop. Like, there was a couple balls that were dropped just because they had too much sauce on it. Um, you know, maybe three, maybe four. But hey, first game, there's some jitters. There's some stuff to work through. Uh, I can't critis- critique the receivers too much because it's the first time since 2011 that Kentucky had two 100 yard receivers in a single game and they had that at halftime uh, josh ali had a career high uh first 100 re- yard receiving game 
five catches, 136 yards, a touchdown. Robinson had five catches, 125 yards, two touchdowns. Terry, did you know the fun fact of the who were the last two 100-yard receivers in a single game? That's a fun stat. Uh, what year did you mention the year earlier? Or am two, I not 2000, 2011. Uh, 2011. So the year after Heartline. Oh, Chris think- Matthews and mm, no clue. Yeah, my guess would have been Matthews and Cobb or like Juice and Bidette. But since it wasn't the Stoops there, it was Matt Roark and Lorod King. Yeah, I, I, I think I could have given fans like, a, all right, just in the last 15 years, who do you think the last two to do it were? And you could have named, you know, 30 different combinations before getting to that one. I guess once you got to 2011, King would have been a, a solid guess just because he was seeing like the one or two guy on a couple of different teams. Uh, Roark, I wouldn't have guessed ever had done that just period. Right. Right, right. He just wasn't that type of guy. But no. there, there was there was a lot of fun stats like that where it's like, oh my gosh, Kentucky's doing this, doing that, and uh, I mean, it was it was just a great fun Saturday in general. It was fun to make jokes like online that they have a guy named Boogie Knight who caught a bunch of passes. So we're gonna make some Dirk Diggler jokes. We're gonna watch people eat bananas just all of the time, and it's gonna be way over the top. But you know what? We, we got to fill some broadcast time with some hijinks. This is fun. This is goofy. And Terry, uh, I can't, I, I can't speak to what it was like in the middle of the game, but I know for a fact before the game, you were living your best life. The weather was great. The tailgate lots were packed, and I, I just wish I could have just soaked it all up there with you in the stands because it, it did feel good to have everybody back at the crow. It did. It it, it and. You know, I, Saturday is going to be an awesome atmosphere and and whatnot. But and, and I know that with the uh, with the the baby coming, very excited. Uh, we are getting we really getting close to to closing time here, and we we couldn't be more over the over the moon waiting for that baby to 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 come on out. But I, I know that uh, I, I won't get the the full season. I'm perfectly all right with that. But it was good just to see a lot of people I haven't seen, some of which since the 2019 season because you didn't get to to see them during the pandemic. It just it did. And Roush, we talked about that, like when they lifted when when you got the lifted mask mandate back in the spring or the beginning of summer, like these little milestones. Even this the the Auburn game last year, these little milestones during the pandemic where it was like. All right, good. That it just we it feels a little normal, and that felt nice. That's really what Saturday was. It's just weather was perfect, but just like walking through the the Krogh parking lot, seeing a bunch of people you hadn't seen in a while, seeing yeah. just all those people, even people you had no idea who they were. Uh, just it it felt good. Felt like a normal college football Saturday, and uh, that was. That being said, the place wasn't packed, and and uh, Mark Stoops had some comments about the Missouri game wanting it to be packed, challenging Kentucky fans a little bit, if you will. Said no excuses for that place not to be packed, and I agree. I'm a little surprised that tickets are uh, are still available, but no, it, it was great, and fans were excited. And I do think going into the year and seeing that interception, and you look up and wait, I thought this team was terrible, and you're down seven nothing. And it did not take long for folks to be like, okay, hold on. 
we were right. It was worth getting excited about for this team. Uh, there, there's always going to be a little snake bit vibe to some UK fans, and I think that's completely normal. But uh, it was a it was a good time, and, and I think a lot of fans realize. Let's just I just wanted to see it confirm. This is going to be a fun season, mm-hmm. and uh, I know a lot of folks filtered out of there early, like myself. But uh, eyes to eyes to Saturday. That's going to be that's going to be a a, a big time yeah. game for Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, we're, you know we'll talk about it more and more at length the rest of the week. I whew, I like I like the matchup schematically. You know, I think I think Kentucky's. I think their offense can just tear up Missouri. I do. I really do. So this could be a lot of fun. I, I uh, Missouri's game against Central Michigan really bizarre. A game that they just kind of completely dominated. If you look, at, if you're looking at the box score, they won the turnover battle two to nothing, and Central Michigan had a chance to to win in the fourth quarter. Really put <laughs> yeah. a lot of pr- really put a lot of pressure on Missouri. So despite the box score looking like it would have been of three possession, four possession, Missouri win, uh, it, it came down to the wire. And I think Missouri kicked a field goal with about 90 seconds left to make it a 10-point game. But but make no mistake about it, that that one that one was a, uh, a real tight one. Yeah. And uh, I don't even think Jim McElwain was on the sideline for it either, uh, the head coach of Central Michigan, former Florida coach. So uh, could, could be a lot of fun. Uh, there's going to be a ton of people at the Krogue. I'm glad that some Louisville fans did get in their jokes when they got them uh, during that first drive or whatever when it was seven to nothing. And well, ULM didn't have a lead on one team at all last year. Now they're beating Kentucky. This is wow, Kentucky. Well, hey, shoes on the other foot now, folks. So let's uh, let's maybe let's take a break and then we can point and laugh, Terry. How about that? Well, yeah, we do. We we need to we need to talk about that a, a little bit, but. We'll, we'll do that when we return. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450. Yeah. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back after this. Because here at Kentucky Roll Call, we're better than you, and we know it. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. Going to be a short week, which is great. Have another huge football game to prepare for. Not that the... Louisiana Monroe game was huge from a prestige standpoint, but we were just so excited to get back into the swing of things. Now, all week, we'll look ahead to the Missouri game. We'll keep our eyes on the weather for the Missouri game, which uh, looking good so far, Roush. No no major issues. Nothing to, to get too worried about, but uh, looking around, you know, highs in the low 80s. But with a 7.30 kickoff, probably feeling real real nice right towards uh, 7.30. So that would be nice. And Mark Stoops, we're, I know we're going to talk a little UVL here, but Mark Stoops, he, he wants that place packed, Roush. Yeah, yeah, wants it packed. Uh, should be a great game to – I mean, not only you get the full tailgating atmosphere, but 
uh, a game that can really put Kentucky in the conversation uh, again. I, I think a lot of people nationally are now just like, whoa, Kentucky's got an offense now. This could be something. And if you go out and you put it on Missouri, this could that th- this could be the start of something special, and you want to be at the Krogue to see it all unfold. It's also uh, Military Appreciation Day for so for all of our fine servicemen and women out there, former and current. You can get in the door for cheaper, uh, and, and they're doing it on uh, the 20th anniversary of 9/11, which feels fitting. So uh, get on out there, go watch the team. It's it's a game you don't want to miss. Yeah, well said. And like you mentioned in segment one, we will have all week to talk about it. We'll do it more as as the week progresses and probably later as the show progresses, as a matter of fact. But in, in the meantime, got to talk about last night. I I did not watch. I, I'm a hand up. Wife, wife gave it the old boot at halftime. Said, oh, wow. I, I have seen enough. I do not want to watch any further. And so I, I did not see any of the second half. I was following along on the Twitter and on the ESPN app. But, uh, yeah, so so I, I didn't get to see the, the high-powered offense come to life there in the, in the second half. But, goodness, it really did. It was like, hey, this, this isn't so much, like, enjoyable to to see them play so poorly as much as it was like oh my goodness like whole imagine having all of the offseason that we had roush and especially still with all the the headaches the pandemic has caused here or there and you're so excited for the start of the season and i i would say at least 90 percent of the uvl fans that i know or rub elbows with or talk with they they all thought that Ole Miss was going to win. Now I, I, there may be like ten percent of butt slappers that I know that thought U of L was going to win, and that's fine. They're you're allowed to have optimism going into a football season, but I, I think most people expected that was going to be a tough game to win. But a lot of them thought it was going to be competitive, or it was going you were going to to leave the game feeling solid about U of L season. We all get optimistic. We all were really anxious for the season. Imagine that being what you come out to. Like, imagine that being your introduction to your what you've been waiting for, and it's that. Like, there, there you go. Uh, at halftime, your leading passer is the same person as your leading rusher, which that's not completely out of the ordinary. But it gets really weird when that same person also also happens to be your leading wide receiver. It was as bad as a half of football for the University of Louisville that I can remember. And Kentucky's won the last two games by about 110 points or whatever it is. So they've had some bad ones that I've seen up close and personal. That was as bad as, as I can remember. That was a horrible, horrible half roush. Now, looking at the box score and reading Twitter, it got a little better in the second half, but yikes. Yeah, I mean, you can't get it couldn't get worse than that first half. And the the part that really has to burn if you're a Louisville fan is not just the fact that you know, your team it stinks. It's the fact that they were mailing it in seemingly in the first half. Like the the body language there, I know that it didn't help that there was no atmosphere at all. I bet there was like 7,000 people at best at that Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, it was an empty, cavernous hole 
And so the atmosphere really like, you know, it was hard to, to get it up for and make it feel like the players are really into it, but it's the first game of the year. And like your quarterback is out there getting beaten and battered and nobody's even picking them up off the turf. Like there, there was just some like very alarming signs right totally. away. Totally. Yeah, like, and the, this is a three year starter and they did not. And again, I guess this changed in the second half a little bit, but with, with the game still in the balance, the lack of trust Scott Satterfield has in Cunningham. It's like if you if you don't trust this dude to throw the ball more than seven yards on a third and ten, what are like what do you, what every time that you have all needed big chunk plays, they just run a draw or they just do a little out pass or something like that. How could you be? How could you have this had been your quarterback as as long as you've been at U of L? This has been your guy. And you still don't trust him to make big plays, which that's fine. Maybe you don't. At that point, how are you still playing him? How is he getting as much clock as he's getting? But he was really the only guy that was doing a lot there for a little bit. Uh, I feel bad. He's got so Cunningham has so many limitations throwing the ball, but he does seem to to give it his all more times than not. Oh. But that definitely stood out to me. He'd get nailed and did get nailed and yeah nobody within nobody within distance to go and and try to help him up and there was a lot of weird signs he averaged 5.2 yards per completion that's terrible it's yeah. pretty wild he only had at, at one point there were more targeting penalties than completed passes in the first half and that was until the final drive when they they tried to make a, an effort to get into field goal range but uh TJ I don't you probably had it turned off when this happened but they ran a a trick play. It was a pretty well timed trick play. You know, backward pass, throw it across the field, back to the quarterback, and Ole Miss got caught off guard. Now there was one guy there though. But Louisville had two guys to yeah, block the one. That was Cunningham in the first had, half. I okay, saw it. Cunningham had plenty of room to run, and after he got tackled only seven yards down the field because they couldn't make the block, you could just see. The like, oh my gosh, I can't do this all by myself. And in all the while, like Satterfield's like dogging him. When when he got asked about their play by Molly McGrath, it was like Satterfield was like, We need we need better play from Cunningham. And it's like, well, he's he's not great, but he is doing something for you. He's at least giving it his all. And also, if he's not good enough. Dude, why did you couldn't get anybody to come in here? You couldn't get a Chuba. Your Jordan Travis left. Uh, McCaffrey left. Like, uh, if he's not good enough, go recruit somebody better, and also give him somebody to catch a pass. They they had no talent on the outside. Uh, well, the running backs were decent, but man, they just there's nothing there for him. Well, the the rushing numbers don't look all that great either. If you if you're looking no, at, at, at that category as well, and and that and that's that's another alarming sign, but also a what the hell was going like Louisville kind of pulled out all the stops, if you will, and not to say that they they won't get better. They they can improve and they should get better. I would certainly hope so. But that was Satterfield really doing everything he thought to, to make that game competitive. And they were down, what was the score at halftime? 26 to Six nothing? nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. he was going to trick plays in the first half. <laughs> there was a, there was one fun stat, too, in the third quarter that uh, 
Let me see here. Through three quarters, the Louisville average, excuse me, Ole Miss averaged 18 yards per completion. Louisville had zero plays go longer than 17 yards at that point. Ole Miss was doing whatever they wanted. It was, we knew going in, they could get ugly. Louisville fans, like, I get it. You're a fan. You're going to talk yourself into, you know, you talk yourself into things. But I don't think, like, anybody expected the wheels to fall off that quickly. I mean, actually, I mean, we've been kind of saying, like, Satterfield's not going to make it. Satterfield's not going to make it. This definitely has a a look of a team that's going to quit on Satterfield after they lose to UCF in week three. That's really what it all comes down to is that central central Florida game. And I and I think for a lot of Louisville fans, they knew that, but they were just hoping that, that Saturday or Saturday, Monday wasn't gonna get ugly. And uh unfortunately it did. And the issue, like their their defense and offensive line did at times look a little bit better, but it kind of just goes to show that it didn't really matter all that much. And that was my question for a lot of Louisville fans, and I think I mentioned on KRC last week, nobody really ever had a good answer, but n- none of those players had ever caught a touchdown pass in a U of L jersey at the wide receiver position. Like, you were replacing a lot. At, at, again, U of L wasn't all that great last year. Uh, the pandemic, you can use that as an excuse, but it, they, they, they didn't go to a bowl game in a year that they were basically handing them out like candy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they lost their best touchdown makers and skill position players from that team. And nobody that covers L or is a hu- huge fan had a great answer for what how you were going to, to replace that or who was going to step up. I think people, rightfully so, were optimistic Jordan Watkins could take a step forward. But there's a difference between taking a step forward when you only have, I don't know how many career receptions Jordan Watkins had, but I don't think it was a ton, into being the number one dude on a Power 5 team. That's a big ask. Right. Uh, especially a team that's going to want to to be able to have a steady passing attack. Satterfield, I think, a little better in the run game, but but he you got to be able to sling it around a little bit. And then not only – maybe that's maybe they're in a U.K. situation like last year, Roush, where it's – Part of it's not trusting Cunningham to throw deep balls, but maybe they don't they don't have deep threats they feel all that solid about. I who just nothing looked great. Uh, nothing really looked great. Again, maybe a step up for the defense, but still, as you mentioned, Ole Miss, they got into some third downs. I think that would be the most frustrating part for Louisville is even like and they got into some third downs that they were able to convert on, and what drives of ninety six and ninety four yards? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of soul draining. Oh man, it really is. And I just i i, I want to read something quickly because I, I I did get to the point where like there there is part of me where it's like oh this is hilarious. Louisville, you 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 reap what you sow. And this is what you get when you've got Scott Satterfield, Scott and his tots, a dude who's whining about L's down. Like th- this guy is not fit to be a power 5 head coach. He's just not. And the the sad part is though is that they're going to be in all likelihood they're going to be doing this thing where the season's lost, they win two or three games. And they don't cover. They look bad. Nobody cares. It's going to be the second time in four years, 2018 and 2021. And to put that in perspective, like like th- there's going to be some apathy that sets in where you just have 
Louisville fans completely check out. And that's not fun. That's not good for the rivalry. It's good for nobody. This was uh, somebody wrote this on Card Chronicle. I got um, my buddy sent it to me. A kid who just started sixth grade in the fall of 15 when the Katina's Pal story first broke is currently in the early weeks of their senior year of high school. They've lived through a host of high-profile firings, more scandals on the ESPN ticker than they can accurately recall, four marches with no madness, zero 10-win football seasons, one NCAA tournament win, and they've spent four years waiting to see what punishment from the FBI scandal winds up being. Like, when that is your next generation of fans... They're just not going to care. When we grew up, Louisville was in the Final Four in 2005 and beating Kevin Pitsnoggle from behind in the NCAA tournament. They were challenging for a BC, like they, they were selling out, blacking out Cardinal Stadium and maybe going to the BCS National Championship if not for some heartbreak. That I, I don't want Louisville to be that good, but I at least want them to care. And sadly, this run over the last five, six years is going to force a lot of kids not to care. And it's it's going to hurt not only the rivalry, it's going to hurt the state. And it's not as fun if they're not just like, it's fun to beat them, but it's not fun when they just aren't, aren't even like, like they're a shell of themselves. And that's what it's going to be this year. It's it's sad. It really is. Read that, read that stat one more time from a sixth grader's perspective. So they have had, uh, the high-profile firings. I guess it'd be all of their coaches have been fired, all their major ones. Four marches with no madness, zero 10-win football seasons, one NCAA tournament man win, and four years waiting to hear about the FBI scandal. Cool. Boy, that is rough. And I had mentioned that on KRC, listening to the Mike Rutherford show, 3-6 to six on Big X Sports Radio, where you can uh, hear Trevor Kelsey as well, which... I will be anxious to hear what they have to, to say this afternoon. But Mike had brought that up just about how there's like generations of UL fans that are growing up not having very pleasant college and ad- uh, college athletics experiences, I should say. And I, I've got some little cousins was were lucky enough to to see some of them this weekend for for different Labor Day. Uh, picnics and, and golf scrambles and, and that sort of stuff. And, and they are, they were growing up, like I swear 10 years ago, they seemed like they were pretty big U of L fans. They'd always, always be wearing U of L stuff. And maybe part of this just growing up, you, you have different interests. They're still very much into sports, but like they, no mention of the, of the game yesterday, like right. not looking forward to, Hey, Monday night, we, we we got our big game. It, it, it was, it is different. I think for kids growing up than when we were growing up Roush and it turned into like when Kentucky, when Louisville was really, really good and growing up in a town where it was about 50, 50, like half my friends were UK fans, half of them were U of L fans. But U of L was doing really good, and Kentucky was doing well at times, doing worse at times, and it uh, it kind of turned into like an emotional arms race of okay, well now I'm going to be a bigger fan, or I've got to be more invested in my team. And when UK beat U of L, we remembered how nasty our friends were to us, so we'd have to come back and even be nastier to them, which would only make them come back and be nasty more. The the revolving cycle would happen where I don't think people care as much as they do, at least from a U of L perspective, which is a shame because that was a, yeah. well, like, 
I guess, you know, they have their YouTubes and their Twitches, I suppose. But that was a huge part of our childhood was college athletics. Yeah. And it's just, and especially now, whenever people are reevaluating their priorities post pandemic, you know, that's going to take a back burner. People and just that aren't crowd care. was so bad. Oh man! I get, and that's not that's not like a specific to U of L. I mean, on the one hand, why it's would hosting they do a the game in Atlanta yeah. tonight? Right? Like switch the games around. <laughs> why would they do? Yeah, do Florida State Notre Dame on Monday night and allow more Ole Miss and Louisville fans to have the Monday to to travel back? Yeah. Why, why would you make the one where – and it's not like Oxford or Louisville is like, hey, let's no. hop in the car. It's only two hours away. It's, it's still a little bit of a drive. Right, right. But like six hours, I mean, that's an e- it should be an easy drive to attract a lot of folks that want to go there. But like you, you still have to take off work for the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. In a regular road game, you at least get to Sunday. So it, it – man, it was bad. It was a bad look. And you know what? I think this it, there is some good news to this, TJ, is Louisville's awfulness has helped us overlook in Danina's offense. I mean, like, that that was – man, Scoozer, you really got lucky because you would be taking a brunt of the blows today if Louisville didn't suck so bad. Why, why do you think I'm sitting here being so quiet? Because I almost feel wrong dishing on Louisville because my team looked equally as bad. I'm sitting here griping about Cunningham's 5.2 yards per – completion michael Penix only had five yards completion so i i really can't talk today at all guys and thank god you're right nick thank god for louisville because i would be taking the brunt of it oh man they they did the thing too terry it was um i i really hope justin had that clip handy for another pick six another pick six because wasn't it like back to back like Penix threw a pick six and then the next play he threw another interception yep it was it was pretty poor. I'm not sure what was going on with Michael Penix, but he was not crisp, not sharp, did not look good. Has me a little bit worried, I'll be honest. Roush, I was thinking about another pick six guy with the targeting in the U of L game. <laughs> that was wild. And the thing was, they were all like the right calls. Like dudes are just lowering their heads. It's like, did you all not tackle in the preseason? Like you can't uh, do that. I didn't like the first one. Besides, but after that, you're probably right by the rule you have to call it. But I just hate you're you're kicking a, a kid out for yeah. It, it, it's it's like I'm fine. Like the rule makes sense, but like you only get twelve games a year, and to completely just throw them out of a game for it when uh, somebody suggested to me they should have like a penalty box kind of deal, like hockey. And that makes so much more sense because the problem is, is like they, they did this rule to make it a deterrent. I, I don't think most kids are out there trying to lower their heads. Like they have got them to stop, but sometimes those plays are just like, you know, they're going to happen. Like somebody's going to commit a horse collar every once in a while. They know they're not supposed to, but they do it anyway. You shouldn't throw them out of the game for it. You know? Football's just so bang bang. I mean, that's that stuff is gonna happen. It's it's such a fast paced game, especially when you're down there playing. I mean, it's I I agree, Nick. Those things are gonna happen. I think yeah, they should inst- institute a rule where you get like a warning, and if you do it twice, then maybe you look at kicking the kid out. I don't know. Yeah, see, and that's not bad either. But like, especially the one play where Matt Corral, it was like fourth and five or third and five. And he scrambles. He gets right past the line to gain, slides, and two guys are already there, ready to like make the play. You know, and and like that's that's just really like you're asking a lot 
for those guys to put the brakes on before hitting the tackle. So, like, I, I to kick him out of the game for it seems a bit much. Well, and looking at that play, I mean, the guys, the Louisville guy who got called for the targeting, he his head was already going that way. I mean, and Corral's head kind of slid down lower as he was sliding, so there was nothing he could do to avoid it. Right, right. So, I, I the, just the, the kicking him out, it just feels like a little bit much. A little bit much. Uh, we're all on the same page on this one, which if it's anything like the locks of the week means we're probably wrong. So uh, a little little concerning there. But uh, all on the same page. Shouldn't shouldn't be kicking them out all willy-billy like that. But, uh, but yeah, IU, I don't, know why, I don't know why you're so confident there, Justin. Uh, I am no longer confident, for you what it's were, worth. You were trying to bet Rouse. You wouldn't let I, him say no. I absolutely. I told my roommate last night. I absolutely hate my bet with you all now about winning totals. Hate it. <laughs> hate. It. Absolutely hate it. It took. It took one game for me to go from super confident with that bet to absolutely hating that bet. So for what that's worth, I, I didn't get to. I just got to see the highlights of of the game. But oh, thank. Count your blessings that you didn't watch that. It was horrible. But that that was a really tough first spot for IU. I'm not sure. I'm not defending or acting like IU is going to be some amazing team this season. They were certainly uh, overrated, overrated, overranked to to start. But that that was a tough one. First game of the year, having to go to Iowa and in, in that atmosphere. That but you you would have liked to be a little bit more competitive. I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt about it. And did you all see? Uh, so I'm sure you missed it, but Tom Allen actually met with the media yesterday, and before he started fielding questions, he took his hat off and he looked at it, and he put it back on his head. He said, "Sorry, I just wanted to make sure the Indiana was spelled right." I thought it was pretty funny, <laughs> jo- joking on it himself. So, uh, <laughs> a good, that's a good way to handle that for sure. Yeah, that's a good way to handle that. All right, let's do the daily double break. We'll come back. A lot of text messages to get to. From the weekend, Kentucky 1-0. and oh, Other local teams that you can hear shows on for Big Exports, on Big Exports Radio, 0-1. Oh, so it's going to be a, an up-and-down day on coverage here on the Big X. We're the happy show, though. Woo-hoo! And that's, we did it. That's why we're the best. This is KRC on Big Exports Radio. We'll be right back. Hour number two coming up next. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. First show after a busy week one college football season. Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana all play to mixed results. And we've talked a lot about it. We'll get to what you have to say on the text line, 502-414-1450. There were no mixed results on the Salsaritas catering. That was an absolute huge hit 
If you participated in the Nacho Table tailgate, you feel the same way. And the good news is you can run it back for this weekend or if you're having a corporate get-together, birthday party, whatever it may be, check out Salsaritas Catering. Give them a call at 502-356-9468. Download the Salsaritas app. They've got two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. And by the way, they are hiring. So if you know anybody looking for part-time, full-time work, fun environment, Salsaritas. Middletown has a drive through St. Matthews, newly renovated. Give them a try. Deliciously different chips. All right. Uh, we got a text line that we're going to need to get to. We'll talk more about the weekend results that were the college football season. A lot of upsets. Uh, teams a little maybe overrated to start the year. I guess that's, uh, that's week one for you. You get stuff like that all the time. But uh, as it stands right now, um, I think IU was maybe about as overrated as it as it gets although the Oklahoma score you know we, we can kind of pick and choose some of these games maybe a little bit later on but a lot of eye-popping things in week one but let's see what the Texers have to say 502-414-1450 502-414-1450 the first text got to find out where it is a texter says random thought after the show, you can or cannot read on air, but rough numbers, if UK sold 35,000 season tickets, let's just average it out to $30,000, $1,000 per ticket, donation for the whole season equals $30,500,000 per ticket, including donations equal $12.5 million. So a lot of math on the show to start the text line, which is generally a terrible way to, to start the text line. A lot of math. Nobody likes math. No, no, no nobody likes math. They go on to say, I know that those sweet owners donate more than that, but don't act like we don't pay our way, Mitch. So overall, I like the sentiment that mm-hmm. uh, the common fan is important as well. I agree with that sentiment. But yes, the the, the rich people are are donating more money than us. There's no denying that. But Again, you got to. You're talking about 98% of the stadium. You you need to make those people happy too. Yeah, and um, I'm really echoey right now. Let's get. Let's just talk our way through it. You sound fine. Okay, good. The uh, I I know there was a lot of fans too out there. They were sharing their sentiment in the stands. They had signs that were really vocal in support of the beer. I think that one fan he looked a little rough. He kind of looked like uh, the guy with the nail on his head. But, man, to to go in and to have the audacity to have a sign that says, no, not rich, no beer, says Mitch, what a what a statement. What a statement. Yes, I, uh, you got to protest for, for what's important. Um, it, I, I, had, I had a couple people saying, you, you've got to bring this to every game. No more, no more signs. Uh, <laughs> That that partially that was just a, a fun goof, radio goof for uh, since you know Louisiana Monroe we we figured it was going to be uh, a game like that but no we'll 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 leave the the sign at home focus on the bigger games which are going to be probably a lot more entertaining to to be in the stands for but good time with that it is it is outlandish that uh, that's. That's how it works. The game day atmosphere, Roush, we were, I was wondering if they were going to have like a little bathroom mask 
man to be like, hey, you got to have your mask on. That that non-existent. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Which I, I anticipated. I, I figured as much. I'm sure compliance was probably a little uh, more more strict in the press box. Right, right, right. Um, but no, all in all, you it it hardly looked like uh, you, you didn't feel like you were. It was overbearing with pandemic restrictions whatsoever. So no, it wasn't. And yeah. uh, crowd was again kind of what I expected in terms of the number for for attendance, but. The, the folks that were there, just happy to, to be watching football in person again and uh, thinking, thinking Saturday is going to be a, a insane atmosphere for a lot of folks that have not, uh, not, not seen an atmosphere like that in a long time. One thing I, I did not expect to see on Saturday, or no, actually, no, I take it back. It was on Friday night, is uh, – Gavin Wimsett announcing he's done with high school football, going to Rutgers to sign a big nil deal, which uh, if you, I, I doubt you all are following Steve Polite at uh, NJ.com. He's basically the only Rutgers beat reporter out there. He said that while the deal won't be as astronomical as you might think, that a big reason why he left was to get away from the toxic atmosphere that developed since he committed to Rutgers over Kentucky. Well, everybody knows Owensboro, just a hotbed of toxic UK fans. Yeah. It's, it's the, the meanest UK hotbed of jerk faces in all of Kentucky. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't that, get that. I, we are not him, so right. we don't see everything. We don't hear little comments. We don't see the this or that. But when he committed, I, I it didn't seem bad from what I saw from a very outsider standpoint. And it seemed like people that cover that recruitment a lot more or are in Owensboro are saying like that's that. Whoa, that came out. That is a complete shock to us. Right. So right. it seems surprising to a lot of people in the know, Roush, which uh would make you wonder why it was printed at all. Yeah, I uh I I don't know in in my mind too, like I get it, it's a different era, but it's one thing to to leave your senior year, like to to leave your you know, for the for the spring semester, you know, and you miss out on the prom and all the fun high school stuff. But kids have been doing that for a while. I get that. You want to get a head start. I don't get like they, they were in the state championship game last year. You know, like you were in the final four and lost the year before. I, I I would I would feel weird just dipping on my team. I know he helped them get a win over Davis County, a rival. But still, just a very bizarre very bizarre, and uh, I mean that that nil deal is going to be sitting there waiting for him next year. I, I don't think he, he needs to leave and go get it now, but you know, best of luck to him. Uh, just all in all, bizarre. Yeah, and those folks holding out hope that maybe he was going to decommit and go to Kentucky. That's not going to happen. But guess what? Easy to transfer nowadays, baby. So if things don't work out up there in New Jersey, which they rarely do, mm-hmm. you can come on back home. Although I guess it's really toxic. So I don't know. Maybe not. 
You're right. Weird story. Another texter says, I'd like to say that getting to Atlanta would be my biggest hope for the Kentucky football season. However, my biggest hope is that Jordan Dingle and Wilson Berry stand next to each other at some point this year so we can have a sideline Dingle Berry. I'll see myself out now. (laughs) I will say the only unfortunate thing is that there is a a J in front of his name, though, on the back of his jersey because his his brother's there. So I don't know if they go J. They're they're Jordan and J. So I guess it's J-O period dingleberry a joe dingleberry would be the case <laughs> for what it's worth that happened um i don't remember the year but i think it was west virginia had a dingle and berry and they would always sit next to each other you can oh, find that picture man that's, that's good. great the UK, good. the uk guys took a picture at, at fan day or at together so it, it's already been it's already happened but mm-hmm. I, yes you'll you'll definitely see it on the sideline at some point this season man I, Crazy good catch by Jordan Dingle, too. Like, that was an awesome play. Bo Allen hung in there, took the shot to the chin, and hung and got him the ball in the seam. Dingle went up, made a big play, and carried it to like 10 yards. And that was huge because uh, I know some folks out there who had Kentucky minus 31, and I think they were glad to see that Stoops was like, no, we're going to we're gonna keep playing. And I, I, people on the other side couldn't be happy. That actually made bad beats on SVP last night. Oh wow! How about the, that? Because not only did they they cover uh, with that late score by Mike Drennan, but they also uh, they also hit the over with that too. So a yeah. little, little double whammy for you. Yeah. Uh, the The worst beat uh, of all there's it was six to three at halftime of that Eastern Illinois Nevada game or UNLV game, and the total was sixty four. They hit it in the second overtime. <laughs> Whoa. Nine points and a half, and you end up still hitting over 64. That's crazy. That is pretty wild. Yeah. Texter says, Kroger Tent has two free beers. Love for the common folk. Wow. That's nice. Good job, Kroger. That is funny. Like a, the one of the, the who the stadium is named after. So their official tailgate beer. Hell yeah, baby. Go to town. But once you cross those pearly. Black gates or whatever color they are, you're not allowed to even sniff it. I, I I did notice too that they've renamed the Woodford Suite area. It's now the Longship Club, which I I don't know what Longship is, but it sounds really cool. It 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 doesn't like it's almost like Great American Ballpark. I thought that they I did not know that that was the name of an insurance company. I just like thought that they were. Cincinnati was like saying shout out to all of our great American fans. That's kind of like Longship Club, very seamless transitioning uh, for your your sweet sponsorship. Sounds like a, a a luxury yacht. Definitely no way people mix up that second word after they've been legally drinking in those sweets. Right, no way, no way. Texture asks, y'all want to chuck some high noons? No. Why would you? Why would you chug those? Like they're very sweet. Like they're I, they're tasty, but choking it no 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 thank you yeah, yeah. texter says gosh dingus if only you would have taken iowa you could have made money that's your logic right suck it hoosiers in your overrated football team that's what i wanted to do but nick bullied me into taking indiana so justin you could have stood up to peer pressure i would i, I, could I even ended up making the drive over i think friday afternoon but well you, you were... also you also could have met me at my seven and a half like i requested and still won with flying colors <laughs> It was kind of funny though, because it's just like like I wouldn't have done that if you weren't like, what other games do you like? I'm I'm all ears because I wasn't sure if I was gonna drive over to Indiana or not. And I was just like, oh well, 
surely he'll want to bet his team, right? And surely I was wrong. You know, when I texted that, I did not anticipate you throwing Indiana at me. I was hoping for a couple <laughs> of other games um, that I liked. Uh, but, yeah, that didn't happen. So, congratulations hey. on your $20. Hey, we can we can run it back, but I told you Fresno State, surefire lock, and boy did they cover. That was a I think they were winning in the second quarter, and it was tie ball game in the fourth. Yeah, Oregon did not look good. Yeah, their best player too got hurt. I don't know if he's out for the year or not, but we did hear that Ibrahim from Minnesota and the dude from Michigan, oh. who had that was a gnarly catch, and then for him, I mean, he was all the talk of Twitter for like two hours because it was, here's an amazing catch that didn't count, and oh, by the way, now he's done for the year. It just, uh, you hate to see that. You really, really do. Yeah, and it's, I, it kind of reminds you each and every game that you can get out of without any major injuries, you just, you, you feel like is a huge, huge win because it's just, it's not a, it's not really an if sort of thing. It's a win sort of thing. So, Every game you can kind of chalk off, you you, you feel like you're you're coming away all right. So no major injuries for the Cats, Roush? No, no. Uh, Jalen Geiger had a little groin thing, but, I mean, you know, he'll probably end up coming back this week. So, yeah. Uh, Cats came out uh, clean, slight of health. That's clean good. Yeah. That's good to hear. A texture says, have you let yourself get excited about QB1 yet, Terry, or are you still pessimistic? First off, I was never pessimistic, so suck it. Secondly, shockingly, once you actually see something happen, you can start to get more excited about it, at least in my own personal experience. <laughs> so now that I've seen him go out there and throw it uh, around, yes, I am more excited now than I was this time last week. That's how it normally works for, for me. All that being said, Roush, I do remember us having these conversations of like, this guy did not have a spring. He comes in and all of a sudden he just wins the job in a week or two. Like, how the hell does that happen? Should we be concerned? Did he go out and win it or did the other guys lose it? And uh, what he, he we, we were so kind of baffled about how this all could have progressed so quickly I think we kind of understood it. Like when he can throw the football that far with with that much zip on it, that's you can't you can't really coach or teach that. Like there's some things obviously it, it was almost Bo Allen's first throw that you were like, oh, this is this is different. Like that's not these two are different caliber quarterbacks where where things stand right now. Like yeah, you just didn't yeah. have it didn't have the same zip on it, which is fine. That's again. So that was kind of uh, that's something Will's got to work on. He's got to take a little off of it. But like Bo's kind of looked a little softer compared to the way Will was just like slinging it around. Yeah, yeah. It um, it's also his the way he carries himself. Like that's what makes Levis a solid start. And you wondered how that would translate over. Uh, but I actually was listening to Chris Rodriguez talk with uh, Max and Miles on their podcast. And you just you get guys to be a little bit more candid when they're talking to one of their pals. And he was like, you know, Will in the huddle is like he's kind of like a coach. Like that's his just overall persona. And so when things go wrong, like they did on the first, like he just laughed off that interception. It was like, guys, this isn't going to define us. We're moving forward. And he's he brings that leadership that that positive attitude that we're better than them. We're Let's just go do it. That's what you want from a quarterback. And uh, that feeling, it's hard to 
really share unless you're there. And and obviously those guys that they, they could sense it right away. Uh, I, I saw Raleem Cohen said something like there was one practice where uh, they hadn't even started changing calls at the line of scrimmage and Levis just started doing it. And he was like, okay, well, this guy obviously gets it. Like the first week he was there, first thing he did was just like text everybody, hey, let's go throw. Like what, what's everybody doing? And got that together. That's the kind of stuff you want to see from your quarterback. So uh, all in all, uh, a great like he he's he's checking all the boxes, Terry. Checking all the boxes. We just I think it was fair to say that we needed to at least see that because I mean, how many times have we been snake bit by this before? Uh, a lot. Yeah. Too, too too many too many times and all that being said we do still need to see it against better opponents but if that's one thing that's one takeaway that i have from this weekend roush is i didn't really see anybody on kentucky schedule that terrified me and really the only team in college football that i saw that was that looked head and shoulders better than the rest was Alabama, and uh, they're not on Kentucky's schedule, at least not until we meet them up in Atlanta. And, and that Georgia-Clemson game, Man. that was really about as boring as a football game as you're going to get. Oh, speak for yourself. Jo- Georgia's defense is really good, man. They're yeah. always really good. That's that is Georgia football. That's the what they they just basically strangle you. They're like a they're like an anaconda. They don't care how pretty or ugly it is. They just literally strangle you into submission. They did it to us last year in the 14-3 to game. It was like the exact same script where they were fine just being up, and as long as they were up, they did not care. Yeah. It it also, like, it would have been – they really got in DJU's head. I mean, it was – definitely got him rattled early on about putting pressure on him. But to, to your greater point, like, you're right. The I mean, Florida – Emory Jones averaged like four yards an attempt. They played, they did not look good. I, I know you probably weren't watching as closely because there was a lot of other better games on. But Florida looked to home. LSU, the one guy booty is really good for them. But you can tell that there's some obvious just, they, they only have some pieces. They don't have a complete team. And DTR, as bad as he played against Hawaii, he really just chopped and carved him up. So, uh, I... I know that we talk about how great that LSU secondary is, but just because you have good athletes that like one or two good athletes doesn't make you an entire good pass defense. So uh, you're, you're right, Terry. There, there's the SEC while now, now we, it was first week, you know, people are obviously aren't going to be at their best. It's going to take them some time, but you, you got to feel good about where Kentucky stands relative to the rest of the league. Yeah, uh, and again, you got to totally, totally spot on. We got to see Kentucky do it against more talented, better teams than Louisiana Monroe. But if you're just kind of going off the eye test, you you you, uh, you should be pumped about the way things are set up or appear to be set up for for this season. But we'll get a much better idea after the Missouri game. A texture says, "Great sign at the game, TJ." But do you normally tuck a T-shirt into shorts? Or was this part of the bit? Uh, <laughs> hilarious text. I do. It's not a good reason or rationale, but these home field shirts, while I love them and they're super comfortable, they they're long. Like if I if I if that shirt was not 
tucked in and the plan was to do the tuck and then the lift up so it just kind of casually spills over you know yeah yeah like i do that with my golf shirts where it's not so tight that you can't like move your shoulders but it has and then it kind of doesn't actually look like it's tucked in you can't see the belt buckle uh or you're not supposed to in those situations but i uh I guess I couldn't fool you, Texter. Unfortunately, uh, you, you you caught me. It's because if I if I wasn't looking, if I if I didn't have it like that, I'd look like a toddler wearing his dad's shirt. So <laughs> between the two, I, I thought I picked the one I could get away with, but mm. caught red-handed. A texter says, "Have uh, uh, we already sent that one in? I already read that one." A texter says, "Do you or does U of L have belief with an old English L in the center of their helmet? LOL." I thought you both jerseys look good. Yeah, they they were. Uh, I don't. I, I want them to go back to their mid two thousands look, but no, it wasn't bad. It was it was a good looking uniform game. That one was the uh, the LSU UCLA game. That was a good uniform game. You just you know you're not used to seeing those colors on the field together. So uh, I thought it was good. This is a good uniform game. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, a little Spider Man ish for U of L, but I, those were supposed to look like feathers. I don't think, uh, yeah, they looked fine. I, they, they looked fine. A texter says, number seven for U of L with the definition of targeting and acting like he's innocent is classic. That was a double targeting. They really should have probably thrown both by the, <laughs> the rule of the game, but I guess they, they really eventually should've. just had to pick one of them. Uh, Texture says, LOL, the sheriff, LOL, LOL, I do think some Kentucky fans were a little too happy to see U of L struggle. Uh, I mean, you know, I think you're going to, I don't know if too happy is the right word. Uh, like I, some of my friends were like, God, Roush, like, why are you being such a, you know, I was like, dude, I was taking it easy compared to your own fans, man. Like, isn't that part of the rivalry? Well, <laughs> I mean, what, what, we're really complaining that they were too harsh? It's the a, rivals. It's, it's not a complaint, and everybody can fan the way they want to fan. It, it, it's their own business to do whatever they want, but you, you, you know that the second Kentucky slips up, they're just going to, they won't care how their own team's doing or the fact that, uh, again, did you see that Corey Price stat on Twitter, Roush? Uh, I did not. What was the What was this stat? Oh uh, well, you know, of course, everything here is moving slower than Christmas, but uh, it's pretty crazy. Corey Price went and looked at U of L's most recent six SEC games, uh-huh. and they are one and five, and they have mm. been doubled up in points, two hundred and fifty four to oh. 126, a, a little extra, a little more than doubled up, I guess you could say, uh, which is not good. No, no, not good at all. The uh, I did see the the graphic they had uh, where it was the record since they reached number three in the AP poll with Lamar Jackson, and it was 22 and 30. 22 and 30. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they put it real big on e- on the ESPN screen too to like really just drive it home. Huh. And that's I, the that you know that like Louisville fit that, that we'll let the U of L shows I guess ha- talk about that, but that's part of the trade off when you wanted to join the big time conferences. It was going yeah. to be more regularly playing big time teams that have more money than you and have better recruiting bases than you. Being the being the big fish in the little pond. 
when you were going 10 and 2 and 11 and 1, but you're beating the Southern Misses and ECUs of the world, it's a it's different ball game. And it's a whole it's been, different it's, ball game. And it's been different since they've been here. All right, Roush, why don't you tell everybody about Bobby Cook Golf Academy and then take us to a break? Oh, TJ, I've got great news too, because your boys' golf clubs are in. I got to swing them a little bit yesterday. Haven't got to completely unload. I was just chipping in the backyard, but you can only get so much out of chipping some balls around. You need to get to the Bobby Cook Golf Academy. Unload on that swing. See how the ball's flying at one of his three indoor simulators. It's a great place to work on your golf game to get better. That's where I need to be. It's right off exit four in southern Indiana. Quick drive from anywhere in Kentuckyana. Give him a call, uh, or excuse me, visit him online at bobbycookgolfacademy.com, or you can give him a call at 812-913-4415. Bobby Cook Golf Academy, the best place to get better at golf. Great anticipation there. I loved it. Really had folks hanging on the edge of their seats. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big I'm looking for Kentucky Roll Call. What do you know about Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush? Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We go 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. And we appreciate you joining us and hanging out with us on this Tuesday as we get back into the swing of things. I want to remind you about Genesis Diamond's pre-owned luxury Rolexes. We've mentioned them before. They're still there. They're not going anywhere, but you need to check them out. Uh, You always think of the diamonds, the fine jewelry. You're going to get that at Genesis Diamond's. You'll always get that at the best price. But now luxury pre-owned Rolexes. Just Google the Hulks. Google the Rolex Batmans or the Daytonas, they are jaw-dropping. They're sweet. They're on Shelbyville Road next to Trader Joe's over at Genesis Diamonds. Tell them the KRC folk sent you, and you will not be disappointed with their selection. More importantly, with their prices, that's Genesis Diamonds. All right. Hey, uh, so, Terry, I, I we had our first uh, nil signing, our post-game signing after – the Kentucky football game and I was I was a little I don't know if I want to say worried but you know it's something new we're used to having these signings of guys like Lynn Bowden and Benny Snell after their careers over with and so you get the long lines for like hours people waiting to meet these guys this now they can meet them in person while they're playing and I I gotta say it was a it was a pretty decent turnout that they had folks in line for about uh 45 minutes maybe an hour they were there signing stuff so uh, glad that not only the fans got to meet those guys. I mean, Pascal and Corker had great games too. I mean, we haven't really gone in as much on the defense, but I mean, that one, one of the PBUs that Corker had was just an, an NFL highlight reel kind of play. Pascal was great, getting tackles for loss, really disruptive. That rush defense is going to be so good for UK, even if ULM is bad. They're just, they, their run fits are solid. So 
very exciting. But I, it was nice to see folks show up. I, Yusuf Corker's dad shared a nice little message on Facebook, too, just thanking everybody for welcoming in. He didn't know when his kid left Georgia to go to the state what it would be like, but said it's been a great fit. And glad to see those guys make a little money. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be rolling in it, but, hey, if you can tell me I can make about a grand and doing an hour of just meeting people and saying hi and shaking hands, taking pictures, signing autographs, it sounds good for me. Sign me up. Should we do the Nick Roush KSR signing? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think people are going to line up for that. Hey, don't sell yourself short, buddy. Uh, we'll throw in a no eared picture. There you go. That'll that'll really drive it home. Speaking of media personalities, I basically like I he he heard it about ten times on Saturday. Drew Franklin lost a lot of weight. Looks great. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, man, I'm jealous. He, really he jealous. uh, I like on it, and you know, I don't think I've seen him since. The, like I said, it was it was great seeing a lot of folks I hadn't seen. That's why Saturday was such an enjoyable time. But I, I, I don't think I've seen him in person since the pandemic. If I'm maybe maybe at a tailgate last year, if he briefly stopped by, but they were they were so weird last year with the tailgates. But uh, it was good seeing him. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's trimmed down. I guess he's got that wedding, right? Well, uh, don't bring that up. <laughs> oh no! Well, because you know the the planning has just been a nightmare. So oh yeah, okay yeah 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 we can move on past it. Hey, your Tigers almost came back and beat Mail. Can you believe yeah. it? Yeah, that, that you know they got down big, but uh, you were at the game. You saw it in person. That uh, what'd you think? So really, if they didn't have a holding call wipe away a touchdown so it went from instead of making it a 21 14 game the holding call pushes them back they've got to go for it too far to kick a field goal and then mail scores right before half so 21 14 turns into 28 to 7 and uh you know despite their best efforts it was just too much to come back so uh but a, a great atmosphere that's the first time i've been to a game there and it was a really good sized crowd one thing I liked, one thing I didn't like. I like just, I, I had to, we Lucky and I were on the sideline for most of the game, but had to go to the bathroom and walk through the courtyard kind of area, basically where they had the statue. And it was just the mob of high school social scenes. And I was like, man, we are solving the world's greatest problems right here. Like I just, I, I forgot what that was like, but you know, for that point in time, that's the most important things are happening in those kids' lives right there. I just like, ah, oh, man, I, I forgot what this was like. Uh, but also, I do have one criticism, Terry, and that's Tim Tam is way too nice now. Somebody, the, the pizza place bought it. They made it real fancy. I showed up expecting some grimy, dimly lit bar. And instead, it's all nice. And there's counter, nice countertops everywhere. They've got a patio. There was like 100 parents outside. It was absolutely crazy uh, before the game. But I, I had not been there since it was the old Tim Tam. And I thought I was in the wrong place. Yeah, so I still don't – we talked about this on Saturday. I still don't know if I've been – I've been in it, and it's been – like, I feel like it's nice. Maybe I never went in it when it was – I can't – I don't know which side of the renovation I have been there on. Well, I guess the, I've been there the, since it's been nice. The good thing is you can actually know which side because they moved the bar from the right side to the left side. So – I was a right. I only knew it okay. on the right side, and now I've it's only, on the left. I've only known it on the left, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it it is it is very it is nice. It is. Yeah. Um, 
I, I was wondering, I was like, did they renovate it from that? Because it was already pretty solid. So right, right, right. I, I wouldn't consider that crappy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you had a good time. Mm-hmm. It uh, St. X will get them in the playoffs when, when they're a little healthier. Yeah. Yeah, go Tigers. Texter's, a texter, uh, where are we at here? Uh, Louisville is terrible. Remember when Deputy Doofus called Kentucky the fire fest of college football two years ago? What an idiot. Yeah, and that's why I don't, you know, he was, he, he tweeted out when an Ole Miss player threw their L's down, which is just like, uh-oh, somebody going to get mad? Somebody going to blame the L's down for the loss? I was really hoping that we would get some sort of, like, the ribbon board was bla- like way too bright when Louisville had the ball. Needed needed one of those takes, but unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get them. Yeah, like the 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 dome was like halfway open, so this breeze was kind of coming in, but only oh, at an angle. Right, right, right. He did have one moment of I was scrolling through tweets, just trying to find some good comedy. Uh, he he did have a well, at least our punter's good, which uh, you know that's great, great spin zone. Whenever you can't do anything on offense, just it's funny, funny stuff. Yeah. UofL got themselves an Australian punter. Oh, good for them. Copy, copy copycats. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Texture says, former defensive players tweeting about UK's offense and how they wish they had it during the 2018 season. Now makes you feel good about the O this year. It was only one game against a cupcake, but that offense and how open the receivers were was a comforting scene. And yeah, and that, that... it's one thing to have guys open. It's another thing to have guys like with nobody around him. I was some of those passes. You're just like, Oh my gosh, he's open. Oh wait. And he's open too. Like it's, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And uh, I do feel bad for some of them. You didn't have, you didn't have a whole lot of former wide receivers saying nice things about the old offense on Twitter Saturday. No, no, no. And, uh, okay. Could end up being, uh, Again, gotta wait for more than one game, but it's certainly trending in that direction. That that Stoops could have potentially made a great call in making a tough decision to get rid of uh, a friend of his and Eddie Grant and and revamp this offense in a pretty big payout year. Like you you got a lot of upperclassmen that probably aren't going to be with the program. We knew that this was going to be a big year. Stoops still thought it was the right time to roll the dice and and bring somebody new in, and so far so good. So it's uh, it, it's better. That was a more fun offense offensive performance than we've seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you like, even... if you like passing, which most people born after nineteen thirty do, and if you like just points yards, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, uh, Kentucky, two of the top three wide receivers in the SEC right now. That's Actually, good. No, three, I think three of the top five too. So. Yeah, fun to see that. Fun to see that. Good for recruiting as well. Uh, we we've we've been talking about for about two years now that you need to be able to recruit the wide receiver position, and you got to have something to show for it. Yeah, seems like this year they'll you'll have something to show for it. Good to have Dane Key dapping up with Liam Cohen on the field before the game, just like in the broadcast. It's yeah. always good to see. Uh, which, by the way, a lot of uh, good. A lot of Emil Wagner to Kentucky predictions after he visited over the weekend was rocking his Kentucky shirt, hanging out with Keontae Goodwin. So, uh, sounds like things went pretty well. That's what that's what you like to hear. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Uh, another texture says, 
Uh, oh, wow. They, they really brought this up. Couldn't help but notice the cards have an Australian punter now. Weird strategy to copy UK's passing offense from last year, too. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's good. Also, Louisville Twitter right now is very enjoyable. I can't think of a better way to describe it, but uh, a, a gif will suffice. A gif. What, what gif was it? I don't know. Oh, man. Dustin, what gif was it? Um, let me go back and look. Oh, man. Louisville looks not been good, or I would have sent it. Oh, <laughs> boom, roasted. Louisville <laughs> looks completely outmatched. Could be a long year for a little brother. That Central Florida game will be their big one. They lose that one, and they're done. Yeah, which – did you see Gus's shirt at his press conference? No. Oh, man, he was wearing a UCF Hawaiian shirt. Like, it was, it's like kind of black and white – which a black and white Hawaiian shirt just – kind of goes against Hawaiian shirts, but man, it was a, uh, it was given off some, I've been divorced and now I'm snowboarding down to Florida as a retired guy, you know, like some real, I'm letting loose vibes. Nobody's holding me back now. Hey, live your best life. Do what you want when you're popping as they say. Yep. Yep. Uh, Heidi toddy. What happened to Scotty? <laughs> and he always just looks pretty dumbfounded on the sidelines you know yeah yeah like it's uh the look of uh perplexion just like wait why is this happening in layman's terms kind of a he's got he's got like a dumb face from time to time he's resting dumb face yeah instead of rbf rdf yes which also man that one poor guy who just got ran over whoo it was so bad. <laughs> I don't know which what oh which time uh Scoop Connor like in the end zone. And that that honestly oh. might not have even been the worst one. There was one play where Hassan Hall was going full speed towards the marker and the LSU dude just stood his ass up. I mean, Old stuck him. Yeah. yeah. It was actually after he had made like a nice cut and a nice move, but then he was kind of he I just didn't see that old Miss dude. And it wasn't even a great tackle from the old Miss dude, but he just nailed him and hit him oh. backwards and he fell down. I mean, yeah, like he, he he didn't wrap up. He just hit him yeah. and the dude was so stunned he dropped. Yeah. Gosh. Football, fun sport. Oh, man, so much fun. And that Florida State game, that whew, just to mention that again, that was a nutty, nutty, great fun time. Yes, but it was. Shout out to all the people who were like, who didn't get the Brian Kelly, uh, John McKay reference about like I, I, I want to execute my players like and just yeah I just they I, people need to stop getting so worked up about things that don't really bother them yeah I like that somebody was like oh we have a statement from Notre Dame PR and and uh they did the Castellanos drive to left field <laughs> <laughs> texture says how many touchdowns did the refs take away from Ole Miss and how many drives did they keep alive for U of L I don't oh, know and, how many. And they just kept scoring. Just didn't matter. Did not matter. Texter says, good morning, guys. All is well in the world on this Tuesday morning. Scott Stott still suck. The Hoosiers can't spell and and suck. And the Cats look great. These new forward pass things are one hell of a drug. Give me all the Will Levis long balls. Atlanta, here we come. Yeah, see, we don't need to play in these neutral side games at the beginning of the year, Atlanta, because Kentucky's going to end the season in Atlanta. Boom. Love it. Absolutely love it. Also, not a great look, Justin, for the Hoosiers and your reputation for intelligence. 
I, I still, to this second, have no idea how that got past somebody. Like, what are we doing? The the incompetency for that to happen is just off the charts. The the part that I don't get either, too, and you mentioned on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook group, which, by the way, folks, if you aren't in, it, get, it's, it was pretty electric this weekend. Um, the fact that it was only one, like, how, how does right. it even only happen to one? Like, you would... What, was this guy? Did he just not have a jersey, and they had to make one on their own and use like the old iron-on letters? Like, how does how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's what I said. I mean, it's almost better if the whole team is misspelled because then it's uh, yeah, what a what a goof! My goodness. Hey, it it happens. It's happened to Kentucky before, so don't feel too bad there, Justin. A texter says Louisville. What do you mean? A- I don't feel bad. Hey, don't beat yourself up over it, man. <laughs> texter says Louisville being a misery is the absolute greatest thing to see. They went from comparing Satterfield to Saban to tweeting hashtag sat out hashtag App State North. Please keep the cornball on the sidelines until after Will Levis throws seven touchdowns against them. <sighs> also, has anyone checked on Deputy Doofus lately? He's got to be in shambles. That's the worst part of this, though, Terry. They're so bad, he's not going to make it to the game again, you know? And we're going to have two m- moments to beat up on coaches we hate removed from us. And I I, I hate that. I really do. Um, I abs- Well, it wouldn't even be comparable of Satterfield to Petrino. I was actually bummed in 18 when they fired him because I yeah. knew what was coming to him, and it felt like we owed him that. A good old-fashioned, just real, real beat down. It wouldn't, if they, fired, if they fired Satterfield before the end of the season, it wouldn't mean as much to me. But it's all, it would be fun to, to beat him again, no, no doubt about it. But the issue is, is that like if any U of L fan or media member that was actually paying attention should not have been surprised by last night. Yes. And that's, I think part of the frustration early on. And, and at least from my perspective was like, how are you all not like, these are all of the signs that you all talked about after the fact last time. And you're not realizing this now. Like how can, how can you not see this? And there was a little bit of like, Bobby Petrino, Lamar, we will be better without Lamar Jackson. And, like, the fact that not every media member or fan was like, well, that's a really dumb thing to say. And there were people that did that, to be fair. But the fact that it wasn't, like, universal, you lost three players that all looked like they were going to make NFL rosters that didn't turn out to be that way. But with Fitzpatrick and uh, Hawkins, obviously, and Tutu, it's like you all were not great last year. You're losing these three players. And you brought in a string of like D2 people as like panic last minute transfer bring ins. The writing was on the wall that this wasn't going to be like an awesome team. Now it's a long season. U of L can get better. Their depth on the offensive line is better. And defensively, I think they there's some things they could like from yesterday, but it's they're not a great football team. So I'm not sure why folks no. thought they were going to be a great football team. Nope. And most, and, and most did. This was coming. Like I said, most didn't. And I do kind of feel bad for those fans. Similar yeah. to what we talked about earlier. Like generations of UVL fans are growing up not really caring. And it's not, it, that could have an impact on Kentucky. You never well, know. The good thing is, though, Terry, is that we let our listeners know what was going to happen at UVL and Kentucky. So if you were listening to this show, you, you foresaw what was coming this weekend. You foresaw yes. what was coming this weekend. Don't listen to all of our gambling picks, just the ones we get right. Well, and also like the teams that we follow closely. Yeah, and like, the teams we follow closely. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, come on. We're, we're going to know Kentucky and Louisville and Indiana better. We knew that Scoots McGoots was going to stink it up. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Texture says uh, it's Keith and Cabo telling us about the course he played. So uh, that's Keith. great. Hope you had a good time. Said, I think he's in love with huge bunkers. Somehow I shot under 100. KRC Golf Scramble in Cabo. Oh. Sounds awesome. Yeah. If he pays for our tickets, I'm in. Texter says, watching this Louisville game makes me realize the talent gap in U of L and Kentucky. Also, Deputy Doofus blocked my burner account on Twitter, <laughs> which I created because he blocked my real account. Hashtag KRC. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Getting Ole Miss minus seven and a half over a month ago for 50 was the lock of week one. Hashtag KRC. Man, it really was. My other locks failed, but that one did not let me down. So shout out to you, Terry, for making letting us all be aware well, of that wonderful line. Shame on me getting a little nervous closer to game time, but it was just one of those like what like 90% of the public money was on Ole Miss. Yeah. And that was that was when it was like up to 10 and a half, 11 or 10, depending where you got it. The, the, mm-hmm. I, we were loving it at seven, seven and a half. So good yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of under the under hit too. A lot of money was in the under. A lot of unders did. I think unders were like the play. So Texter says the sheriff needs to make a few arrests in that U of L football program. That's from Steve. Boom roasted. Texter says UVO's QB leads the team in rushing, passing, and wait for it, receiving. That's how much suck they have. <laughs> uh, we got John here. I, turn I, phrase. I saw John on Saturday. Uh, he says, good L's down morning to you. Gosh darn, somewhere my good friend Trevor had tears in his eyes. Hey, it was great to be able to finally meet and shake your hand. Had a good time, TJ. Okay, this weekend, it's just not one day or two days of football. Um, which NFL game do you think is the best matchup for week one? We'll got to go talk to you later. Oh, I'm only man. worried about Green Bay going to uh, take on the Saints, but playing that game in Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Florida. So Part of uh, the reason why they picked Jacksonville is because Aaron Rodgers has a subpar record there in they, the state of Florida. That's so. true. That's true. So yeah. uh, I, I, I don't really know. Off. I just know Tampa and the Cowboys lead things off, and then it's like Bears-Rams – Sunday night, but I don't I don't even really know the slate all that well to be frank. So well, you know, we'll get closer and we'll figure it out. Great seeing you too, John. It's uh it's gonna be fun having football, NFL, college. It's gonna be a real nice week. Texture says, I love seeing the L's down by the other teams catching on. I wonder if Satterfield was upset with it. You have to know when you come up with stupid hand gesture like L's up that you're going to get the business when opponents make great plays against you. And well, the thing is they've been doing L's down. They've been doing L's up for decades, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until people started getting mad about the L's down that the L's down is starting to catch on, which, again, another tail sign that you can't let people know what bothers you. Shouldn't the L's up be the symbol, though? I mean, L's up means a loss in my mind. I mean, yeah, other teams should be throwing their L's up, not down. Like, loser. You're yeah. a loser. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... It's very dumb, all in all, and you love to see Louisville get fans get mad at it. Um, Let's keep rolling. Texture says, "Keep the signs going, or we could pick one game, and the average fan doesn't go to until the second half. Give Mitch a Joker situation again. Ah, we don't want to do that. It's still fun to be there, but if you're gonna, it really is the only way to to do your talking is by showing up or not showing up." 
Yeah, and uh, there there will be alcohol at Kroger Field one day. So yeah, it, it'll, and it ain't happening this year. So it, it was a fun fun time on Saturday. But I'm pumped to just watch a good SEC football game, and I'm not going to be worried about that stuff this weekend. But uh, mm-hmm. it really was. It's good getting back in the swing of things. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Texture says I love that Owens run. Granted, I'm not close to Wimsett or the Owens run program, but everyone I've seen online here locally as well as the conversations around town are actually quite proud of the kid yeah i that that was the vibe i got as well from the folks from the radio station there that like you know one of the guys is a dad on the team and you know they they were trying to get us to go down for the game this week for you know the the two best quarterbacks in the state going at it uh like they they love that kid so i I, that that shocked me to hear that but yeah a texter says, got Blankenspanker and Mangus talking trash about Kentucky's offense the past couple years. Then they had to sit through their dumpster fire of a game last night. Chef's kiss, they said. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, sh- you, oh, more and more people realizing the UofL program is is certainly the bars getting lower and lower and lower, and they're not happy about it. Man, I, I hope James Cameron can even find it at this point. I don't think he can. That's a good reference. UofL Sheriff didn't provide as many laughs last night, but UofL Sheriff's deputy brought the comedy on Twitter so that the person who runs that obviously is <laughs> shouting themselves out there. The texter says, TJ Nick, my favorite response to UofL tweet came from the Edward Grand parody account. Mingus tweeted, five first quarter passing yards. Yuck. Grant says, five too many. Run the damn ball. That's a good one. Hmm. It's enjoyable. Yeah. I guess Ramsey will have to reevaluate his nine and two U of L record prediction. Oh, come on. He's not, he he's sticking to his guns. There's still plenty of games to make up for that. You know, the funny thing is, is like, God love Ramsey. It, Rutherford could have him on the Mike Rutherford show today from three to six on big X sports radio. And he would probably be like, I, there, I saw a lot of things I liked last night. And I think <laughs> we get back, we get a cupcake. All these teams play cupcakes. We don't play cupcakes. We get a cupcake this week. We'll we'll figure, we'll, we'll get it all in check. We'll beat Central Florida. We'll be right back on track. Uh, he's that guy. He's that type of guy. He can, mm-hmm. he'll spin it around and make a positive take from it. Um, won't be true, but it'll be mm-hmm. positive. Saying U of L is a dumpster fire is not really fair to dumpster fires. <laughs> It was not a good first game. That's for oh, sure. Man. We've we've got all week to talk about it and mm-hmm. uh, more. Hopefully, we're talking about a big commitment tomorrow. Shaden Sharp is making yes. his announcement tonight at seven p.m. Approximately seven p.m. Top ranked recruit in America could be the first number one player in the country to pick the cat since Shea Labissier. Shea Labissier, Scal Labissier, uh, and then I think before that it was Carl Towns. So it's you know it's been a while. It's been a while. Cal's yeah. getting his swagger back, and it all starts tonight. And he is really, really good. Highly recommend watching some of his highlight tapes. Yeah. Uh, and we will talk about that more specifically and in detail tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Good to be back, and good to uh, have college football games to talk Woo! about. The Cats are 1-0. The dream season still alive. We'll be back tomorrow. Turn our attention to the Missouri Tigers. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Galen. Here we go.